Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Good afternoon, this is Marnie, and I'm so excited that you're here with us today, along with our guest today, Paula Fredrickson. We are going to be having some media training going on here right now. We're going to learn how to get booked to share your story on TV, radio, and more. And during the next hour, I hope you'll grab your pen and notebook or your online tablet and get ready to take some notes on how to understand the number one key to getting booked and how to discover your own keys for getting booked. Also, how to create a standout press kit to pitch to radio and TV shows, how to find the right radio and TV shows to pitch, exactly how to pitch your story to get a yes answer, how to book your own interviews, how to give a great interview, and how to follow up after each interview. And our guest today, Paula Fredrickson, is a great person to help us do this. She's a published author, an ordained minister. She speaks nationally at church conferences, and she's been interviewed by over 70 Christian radio and TV programs, including 700 clubs. Moody's Midday Connection and Lifestyle Magazine and more. And uh, we're excited to welcome her today. So welcome to you, Paula. Well, thanks for having me, Marnie. I'm glad to be here. Well, this is always a great topic. Um, Things keep changing. The world keeps spinning. And we have to keep up with what's working right now in pitching to media. And um, you've actually had a lot of opportunity to get media. And so I'm going to be picking your brain during this hour as to how you did it and how others can also do that. And maybe why don't you start by answering the question that so many people have, you know, do you, do you have a book or how is it that you initially got started being booked by media? Well, how it began was uh, when I wrote my first book, which was about eight years ago now, and um, that was called The Man You Always Wanted is the One You Already Have. And um, it was published by a traditional Christian publisher, which was Multnomah. And um, so I went into it not knowing anything about this. (laughs) I was given a publicist. And um, thankfully, I was given a really great publicist because Multnomah had just been purchased by Random House at the point where my book launched. And um, so I observed her and what she did as far as um, the different places that she got me booked and interviewed um, as far as Christian radio and TV shows and articles. And then when she went on to her next set of books, which was maybe two or three months after mine launched, I thought, well, that can't be all there is. I can't be done. <laughs> right. You know, and right. I mean, I had poured blood, sweat, and tears into writing my book, and I just was passionate to get the message out there. So that's sort of when I began the journey of, I wonder if I can get myself booked on more media, you know, after that initial launch. And I was able to. Yeah. And I think it's always pretty shocking for new authors to find out how uh, as far as the media, the media promotion doesn't go with a publisher, even with a big name publisher. They just have so many books, so many things on their plate, and your your project is just not the only thing in their world. And so it it does get moved pretty quickly to a back burner. And uh, if you don't yeah. if you know how to do it, if you aren't willing to do it, it does kind of just fade away into the <laughs> into the history of the world. So well, let's it, talk it about a key. Let's talk about the number one key to getting booked and how people can discover their own key. Well, and what I found was, um, and obviously I not only learned from my publicist, but I had been going to seminars um, during this time. My publisher sent me to a seminar, and then I went to several on my own and started to learn some of the keys. But what I found with uh, my first book, that the number one um, Thing that you have to think about when you're trying to get booked is you have to think about what the hook of your book is. Without a hook, without a pitch, basically, you won't go anywhere. Um, you know, I mean, not to say that God can't open doors of favor, that man can't open, but I'm just talking about practically speaking, you need to have a hook. And so a hook is really the, the best 
story of your book or the most interesting fact or statistic or maybe even a holiday tie-in or a current event tie-in. Um, like if your book was about depression, then the, the tragic death of Robin Williams would be the tie-in that you would then be using to help get yourself booked on radio and TV. Um, say, you know, that you could speak to that very important subject that people are thinking about right now. And so for my first book, um, obviously it was a marriage book, and um, my hook was the opening story of my book, which was in an inappropriate relationship I had with my pastor. I mean, at this point, it's been 20 years ago, but um, that was the opening hook. And so um, that was the, the point at which I said that, you know, I've learned some things about marriage. I've learned them the hard way. And I and a lot of people were interested. <laughs> I hate I hate that they were interested, and I hate that it was the door opener because the story was so painful for me, and so um, upsetting. And yet, because I was willing to tell my story, and because I was willing to use my story of this inappropriate relationship as the hook, um, and as my opening sentence in my pitch letters, I was able to share about the subject of marriage, emotional infidelity, on close to 100 different interviews. And because of that, I was able to impact people's marriages and hear from people all over the country that had said, thank you for sharing your story and being authentic. So even if your hook is something painful, something that you're like, gosh, I don't know that I want to open my book with that. I don't know that I want to have to tell that story on media. Let me encourage you that if you feel compelled by the Lord to do so at all, it really will change people's lives and save marriages in my case or whatever, you know, your story may be. As you're talking, I'm thinking about the Bible itself and how all of those stories in there, everybody that is having a story told on them has, you know, it's really dirty laundry right out there. <laughs> Just, you know, it's because that's where we all live. We live in our own sinful imperfections on the way to being purified and transformed and conformed to the image of Christ. And so when someone else who we look up to says, I've been there I'm not there anymore. There's hope for you. Um, I, th I think that it's really a powerful, a powerful pitch, not just for the pitch, obviously, but like you said, the end result is that you wrote the book, you are telling the story with a goal and a purpose in mind to help other people. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's the people that I'm really talking to when, when I'm out there at different conferences. Is so many people have said to me, well, I want to write a book, and and there, there's such an um, acceptance of self-publishing now that more and more people are having the opportunity to, to tell their stories. And my second book that I wrote was self-published. I didn't even try and find a publisher for it um, because it was just 90 pages. I wrote it to go along with a seminar that I was giving, and it ended up doing remarkably well. First, it started selling really well at seminars, and then I thought, you know, I need to pitch this to media and again, it's another one that started with a painful story, and that is um, I had a three-year-long headache, and during that, that migraine that really literally didn't leave for three years, I became addicted to narcotic painkillers. And so that, of course, if, if you're now following along with my train of thought, what was the hook for my second book? Well, the hook was, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm an ordained minister, and I was addicted to Vicodin for three years. Um, you know, anybody who knows about chronic pain knows, well, gosh, anyone who takes narcotics is going to get physically and psychologically addicted. It's not like the most shameful, shocking thing in the world. And yet that line, that opening line that I just said to you, ended up opening multiple doors for different media so that I could share my story and help others. So how does somebody who's listening to you who's never thought about their work, um, their life, their story, their book in this way before, how do they go about identifying what the hook is for them? Well, I, I always um, approach whether it's a book I'm writing or a seminar that I'm developing to speak or, or whatever, I always think, would I read that? Would I go to that? Is there a takeaway for me? And I always think if there's a takeaway, if there's something that I could gather from 
from listening to that seminar or reading that book, then that's how others will view it as well. And so when someone's thinking about, okay, yeah, I have a story to write, or maybe you have a generic book that you just want to write about a generic subject. It's not necessarily about depression or about painkiller addiction or, or infidelity, you know. Um, then really start identifying what is the dynamic, interesting, creative takeaway because that's what your hook will be because not everyone is as big a failure as I am. <laughs> Some people are doing life like really, really well, and honestly, they don't have a titillating story. And what I want to say to those people is bravo, now get creative and think about what need can I meet in the lives of others and so what show that are a radio producer thinking about doing a subject on that you could add to? And, um, and so think about the takeaway for the listener or for the reader. I love that. And if I, if I were to give a piece of advice, that's exactly the one that I would give. And that's how I think about it. even Even structuring these um, radio programs, I ask the question, okay, if I have 100 different shows I could listen to this afternoon, why in the world would I pick this one? You know, um, yeah. we all have so many choices of what to use our time for, what to use our money for, um, where to put our attention, our investment. And if what you're offering isn't addressing, A, a real need or passion in a person's life, and it isn't doing it in a way that they can comprehend that they're going to leave with something more than they came with, why would they invest in your book mm-hmm. or why would they have you on their show? I mean, that's just the bottom line. For all of us, we have to be asking this. And I even follow this, and this applies, of course, to all media, but it applies to everything in your life. When you have adult children, why would my adult children want to spend time with me? I can't just rest on the laurels of that they owe it to me because I raised them. And, you know, like that, I have to say, am I an enjoyable person to be with? Do I, do I add value to their life? Or every time that they're with me, am I making them miserable? You know, I mean, we have to ask these questions all the time. And when we're dealing with media, the media has so much competition for who gets the airspace, who gets on the show, who gets the newspaper Mm -hmm. article, whatever. If you don't do this, you aren't going to get the space because somebody else is doing it. So let's let's talk a little bit about how to do a press kit. Things are, things are definitely changing uh, with this. used to be a whole package you'd send by mail to a TV or radio station, and, and things are changing a little bit. So let's talk about what do you put in your own press kit, um, Paula, that, and how do you deliver it? Well, um, yeah, they are changing, even just since I wrote my first book to when I was promoting the second book, things had changed. Um, so if it's radio shows, uh, I almost always do an email press kit, and I'll tell what's in that in a minute. For national shows, um, whether it's national radio like Moody Midday Connection or something like that, or national TV shows, I always send a, um, a regular hard copy press kit. And in the press kit would be a media sheet. That's super important, but it's really easy to put together yourself. I've done it myself every time, and I've managed to get booked a ton. So obviously, this isn't have, you know, something that you have to go have printed up on special paper. Just do a good job. Have someone else edit it and do your very best. I've, I've labored over my media sheets, but I have done them myself. And so in it, I have a picture of myself. I have... Um, a short bio, but again, in my bio, I'm trying to hook them, I'm trying to make it interesting, and I'm trying to show credibility. So anything that you've done so far, you parlay that into more. And so right now, my bio is Paula was recently interviewed about a season of Breakthrough on the 700 Club. That's my opening line. If your opening line is that you've been interviewed locally on radio, use it. Show any credibility that you can, and then Um, Go on to list any media that you have. That's a great opening. And then the second paragraph, again, it's very short. It's like two sentences, and it tells a little bit about me. Paula Fredrickson is a published author, an ordained minister who speaks nationally at church conferences. And then the the next part of the media sheet has for me a copy of my book, um, so a digital picture of it. And then it tells the title of the book, description of the book, and then what I'm offering in the interview. 
So I'm not offering to tell them about my book. That's not what I'm offering to do. I'm offering to come in and tell my story. They're not really interested in selling your book for you. They're interested in meeting a need for their listeners and presenting something of value for their listeners. And yet we both know, I know, and the producer knows that I'm there to tell about my book and sell it. And so it's just kind of this tenuous line that you're sort of walking um, in that media sheet. You never want to look like the hard sell, and and yet you want to be honest about it. So I have a description of my book. And again, I'm trying to hook them. It has to be short and succinct and really interesting. So my description is, on a sunny day in 2008, Paula woke up with her first migraine had it, a headache and had it in one form or another for the next 1,000 days, three years of mm-hmm. acute pain, of medical tests, and of living in the fog of narcotic addiction. With the guidance of the Holy Spirit, she finally emerged from the darkness and entered a season of breakthrough. And then the next part is in this interview. And so I tell them, what am I offering them in this interview? Paula will help listeners discover how to walk and sustain breakthrough, blah, blah, blah. And at the very bottom of my media sheet, I have some statistics about um, painkiller addiction and chronic pain. And then, this is important, I also have a little text box with suggested talking points. That is probably, next to my bio, it's the single most important thing. It's what I'm offering them. My talking points were chronic pain and narcotic addiction and receiving freedom. And then the next one was breaking free from cycles of failure and defeat. And I have four of them. And then the last part of that one sheet is my contact information. Although it's tempting to try and fit all this information on a front and a back, I suggest that you don't do that. And so the one sheet is used for um, when I am sending out a hard copy to national like 700 Club and James Robinson Life Today and places like that. Um, I do not attach a copy of this, like a PDF of it, when I'm sending emails. And the reason is if you send it with attachments, a lot of times it will go to their junk box. So um, I just kind of copy and paste that information into the body of the email minus any pictures because, again, pictures will pick up as attachments when you're sending email. So even though you're tempted to, I just want to send a picture of my book or a picture of myself, I suggest that you not do it. It's backfired. And so each media packet is going to be the one sheet or if it's an email, the information that's in the one sheet, it's going to be Um, a suggested list of interview questions so that, again, this is something you really want to labor over and do a great job, no typos, and you want to present maybe 10 questions that the interviewer could ask you. Um, They really like that, and that shows professionalism. And then the last important part is a catchy cover letter. So if you're sending this by email, then, of course, it's going to be your opening two or three sentences. If you're sending it um, by snail mail and it's a hard copy, your, go- your cover letter, again, is going to be catchy, but really a professionally well-written cover letter in the format it should be. You can always Google a cover letter if you need to to find out how to do it. And then if it's a hard copy, of course, a copy of your book. Wow. <laughs> this is so great. So if you guys didn't catch all that, I was scribbling notes as fast as I could here. You can always listen to the archive afterwards. We're going to take a short break and come right back with more about how to create a standout press kit and then how to find the right radio stations and TV stations to pitch to. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. 
Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. Our guest today, Paula Fredrickson from pfministries.com, is sharing with us media training. And, wow, right before the break we were talking about uh, how to create a standout press kit. And I just wanted to touch, before we move on to how to find radio and TV shows to pitch, I wanted to just touch on a couple things that Paula shared with us that are so important. Okay, so... As I'm preparing for this show and Max is helping me, we are looking for guests who are really prepared. And Paula, by sharing these things that are in the media sheet, you are helping listeners to be the one that stands out above the crowd. So, for example, having a short bio available, well, if you listen to the beginning of this show, I used Paula's short bio that she provided for us just exactly like she provided it. We didn't have to go around the Internet hunting down her you know, historical information and what we thought was important. She already did that for us. That's awesome. Also, she provided the talk points for today's show. She sent us a list, and then we just tweaked it to match our format. And so by her doing that legwork for us, we have less legwork that we had to do. Again, just a huge selling point if you want to get on a show. Another thing that you talked about, um, Paula, was the, the questions, the talk points or questions that you send. And to me, one of the things as a show host that looks at a lot of these um, coming through, one of the things that I just really dislike uh, is when the first question in that list is, why did you write this book or how did you write this book? That's kind of an obvious question. It's kind of um, what would I call like a cheater question. That, that's already going to be assumed is that we're going to talk about the book. So if you start with a question that isn't that question, like don't start about why you did it, but instead start about why the listener should care. <laughs> so what's in it for the listener? Uh, what's in it for the person who's going to read it? That's really going to make the difference between whether I'm right away engaged with your pitch or whether I'm like, okay, this is just another, you know, this is just another one of those. Uh, does that make sense to you, Paula? Oh, definitely. It needs to be about them, about them, right. about them, not about you. <laughs> and even if you have a book, um, if you have, if you if you don't have a book, a lot of, you can get on the air without a book for sure. But if you have a book, the last thing you ever want to say is, "Well, you can read about that in the book." You know. Now, if mm-hmm. you've given a full answer, the most you can give in like a three to five minute soundbite or however long you know you're allowed on that particular event. Some venues, the whole the whole interview is one minute. You know, so obviously, but um, like in this setting, you might even give a three to five minute response to something. And then if there's a follow up question, there isn't time for at that point you can say, you know, I devote four whole chapters to this in the book and I can't possibly cover all that here, but I wanted to give you the most important things. That's appropriate, but never just when, when an interviewer asks you, you know, um, what about this? Say, well, the people can read the book for that. No, 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 that's why you're here is to tell us the commercial version, the short version, the, you know, cliff notes of that whole section of the book. So, uh, Paula, what, when people have this, press kit ready now. They have their one sheet or their media sheet ready. How do they know which radio and TV shows they should pitch? Yeah, that just takes a lot of research. Um, you know, promoting your book, it's, it's, um, it's not going to happen in an hour or two. You know, it's going to be something that you're going to dig into. But um, I will guarantee you that most people who start digging in to promote their book you're going to love it. It's exciting because you're starting to catch a vision that you can get the word out about your story and tell your story and help people. And so it's just a lot of research, um, especially if you're starting off not knowing anyone in the industry. Then you just Google Christian radio shows and you start looking around and see what's out there. And then you get on their websites and you see, is there a morning show? Do they have a talk show? Is, Is it in the afternoon? When is it? And you have to look around and then you want to find the producer of that show and um, see if you can't get a name in an email or call a station and say, hey, is there a producer of chatting with Kathy? Do you guys, who does the booking for that? And find out. And, um, and so, you know, really almost all the shows that I've been booked on with maybe, maybe the exception of, of 10 or 15 of them that my first publicist initially booked for me eight years ago, all of them have been, booked and found by me and so really just like one guy i found he has a little um internet show called talk to richie 
And I just found him online and sent my information into him and ended up doing a show there. And another one is the Bob Duco show, um, which many of your listeners probably have done that show of their writers. Um, and I just pitched him. And the Bob Bell show is another one. Um, KNEO, uh, which is Author's Corner, is another one. Uh, the Debbie Chavez show. She does a really popular um, blog talk, again, radio show. And so I just um, I just send out my my email press kit and and I put the word out. I try and do everything with excellence, but I also try not to almost nitpick it to death because if you get too perfectionistic, what'll happen is you won't do it. You'll just keep waiting until it's perfect. So I just start getting the word out. And another um, aspect of this is that. No show is too small for me to do. I've done national shows, and I've done shows where, honestly, there's probably like three listeners online somewhere. I mean, they're just new, and no one knows about it. But my feeling is, if it's not about me, so if you take yourself out of it and just remind yourself, like, this isn't about me. This is about God using my story to help others. Then you realize that even if it's a, a local show where maybe there's not very many listeners or readers of the article or whatever – or whether it's national, that just prove yourself faithful in all aspects of it. And you'll see that God, he loves faithfulness and he responds to it. And what he'll do is he'll just start opening more doors and more doors. And if you have good relationships and you're professional on the shows that you are allowed to go in, and if you consider it an honor every single time, what will happen is your name um, will get out there and people will know that you're professional. When you want to go back and do an interview for your second book or your third book, they're going to be happy to have you because they're going to remember she was professional, she was kind, and she considered it an honor to be here, not like she was doing us a favor. You know, and as a show host, there there are those there are those guests that come on, and um, I say something like, "Thank you for being here," and they're like, "Yeah, well, you should thank me." You know, <laughs> it's like, "Okay, okay, well, here we go." You know, but um, it's so it's so true. I've always thought I've always thought that if you just calculated um, financially how much money it costs to get an interview or like a commercial on a regular TV show or on a radio show, very expensive. Very expensive. You can do a 30-second commercial on a lot of like blog talk radio shows or whatever for 500 bucks, you know. And here, yeah. now that's 30 seconds. Now, Paula, we're going to talk for a whole hour, you know. So on the same station, except that we're not exchanging finances, you know, we're not exchanging money. So it's really, it really is a huge opportunity for someone to cover you, on their show or in their paper or in their magazine. It's a big deal and you should really respect that and be grateful for it. And I love what you said. I've always thought that even if the only person who gets something out of this is the host or the article writer or the blog, the blog writer or whatever, if they get something out of it, if they take one sentence away from this that helps them in their life, then it was worth my time because that's why we're here. We're here for each other. And yeah, okay, so then once you get going, then what happens is sometimes your time limitation um, does change what you can do. So you can't take the speaking engagements to everywhere anymore. Now you have to limit it down because you're just available every week or whatever. You know, there's, there's the space and time limitations. But until, until you have actually literally got those, definitely um, just walk through every door that God opens for you. And even later, I was just talking to a new author recently and he, he was talking about his limitations and I said that's that's correct and then once you set that parameter then always hold that with an open hand and listen for the spirit to say I know that you usually don't say yes to these kinds of engagements but this time go you know and just let God lead you around yeah cool well yeah. how uh, the next the next thing we wanted to talk about here was how to get a yes when we pitch our story so it's one thing to put all this together it's a whole nother mm -hmm. thing to to actually get booked it is and um we've covered a and b already i'm going to go to my last point on that which is persistent <laughs> boy yeah. is there a fine line between persistent and pushy and i know that there have been times where i have not been persistent enough and there's been other times where I probably crossed over into pushy. I'm sure there's a few producers out there who would like, 
you know, agree with, agree with my assessment on that, that there's times where maybe I push too far. But usually um, I think women tend to not be aggressive or pushy enough. And, um, and I, like, one thing I hate to do is I hate to call to follow up. It's just like a lot of people, I just hate trying to sell myself to someone in person. If you hit me by email, I'm good, but calling is hard. And so I'm usually persistent by email. I've done very few um, bookings by calling just because, like I said, I'm a chicken. And so I'm going to give you an example of persistence. I, I'm sending out my packets because I'm going to – I'm pitching my book a season of breakthrough. And so I'm doing some by email. I'm doing some hard copies, and I'm going to send one to the 700 Club. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, they're not going to want me. It's a self-published book, and I just – I know this business because I've been in it a little bit in self-published books, although not as despised as they were five or six years ago. They're still kind of like, it's like, eh, yeah, well, where's your publisher? And so I was like, why am I going to waste the postage and all this and send it? And I thought, come on, Paula, have some guts here. Have some faith, girl. Just do it. you got a great mm-hmm. book here, and I know it is. I'm, I mean, I am standing behind my book. I know it's great. So I send it off. And I finally hear from them about a month later, and I hear from one of their producers who says, hey, I don't really see a place for your book right now, but I'm reading it. And she said, let me just tell you, it is so ministered to me. Thank you so much. Uh-uh. I'm so enjoying your book. And she suffers with a chronic illness. So uh-huh. I, of course, of course, began a dialogue with her. Oh, Suzanne, I'm so glad that my book is ministering to you. Please let me know if I can pray for you. And please let me know if there's any way that I can get booked on the seminar called. I mean, I was very clear about what I wanted. And then some more time went on. And we talked again a couple months later. And then some more time went on. And I followed up a few months later. And what ended up happening was the right time came up because I had stayed in relationship with her. They sent their 700 Club team out to L.A. I met them down there because I live about five hours away. And they did a segment where they kind of – it's like a feature interview about my story. And then they put that on their sort of a smaller show called the 700 Club Interactive. It's on ABC Family. And it, it went well. And I stayed in touch with the other producer who I'd now met on the show. And she ended up contacting me and saying, gosh, you know what? They liked your show, and it's going to go on the 700 Club main show. So then it went on the main show. And that video, of course, was posted online. And then Charisma Online picked it up for their main homepage. And Elijah List picked up that video of my testimony for their homepage. And now that video has gone out, I'm telling you, worldwide, all because I sent out that package to 700 Club, even though it was a self-published 90-page nothing of a book, but I believed in it. I knew I had a story. I knew I could help people. I prayed my way through as it went on its way. I stayed in contact. I was persistent without being pushy. Are you sure? Can you find a spot? I'm willing to come out there. I'm willing to go anywhere. Is there anything I can do? I mean, I was pushy sort of, but mostly persistent, always honoring, always respectful. And look at what ended up happening from that. And then when that was over, I was, again, honoring. I sent thank you notes. I thanked them profusely for the hard work that they did. Um, and And I'm still in relationship with those producers now. I love that. What a great story. That that just personal illustration there shows so much of the value of not getting huffy, not getting discouraged. Even I mean, not even letting yourself discourage before you send it, let alone when you don't get booked right away. <laughs> you know? And I love how I love just how honest you are here, Paula, uh, about just the not really loving the process of calling, following up, you know, but yet yeah. being willing to do it. Um, it's all just part of it, just being willing to do what God puts in your heart to do this time with this person, uh, walking through those doors, being faithful, and letting him open and shut the doors as he as He deems fit then as you go forward. And I just want to encourage you to, uh, listeners, that when you're looking to do, especially a radio show, a call of a nice voicemail message means a lot because it's a vocal medium. And if the producer can hear your voice, that goes a long way toward getting you booked as long as you leave a nice message. You know, so really craft your message before you call and know what you're going to say, but then, but then be brave and leave a message. What you don't want to do is you don't want to keep calling and leaving the same message over and over. That, 
that's kind of that right. fine line <laughs> that you're talking about. And persistence is really great because what doesn't work today might work next week, next month, or next year. And if they can't remember, okay, so here's a typical, I always say this to speakers too, here's a typical thought process of a planner or a producer. It's like, oh, there was that one gal, and she had, oh, what was that story? And, you know, gosh, I can remember, but I can't really remember. Shoot, if only I knew who that was, I'd call her right now. Mm. So our job <laughs> is to keep in front of them often enough so that when that need comes up, they already like you. They know you. They like you. They want to book you. They just don't have the opening right now. But when that opening comes up, be sure that your name is fresh in their mind. Be sure that you're on their Facebook or their LinkedIn or their, wherever they are, Twitter. You be there so that when they need you, they can quickly find you. And that's really the part of persistence that in 2014 right now, it's so easy to do with social networking. It's easy to stay in touch with those people and to just pitch them out, you know, pitch them out something every three months so that they can just remember, oh, this person exists and she's an expert in whatever, you know, whatever your story is. So cool. It's true. Oh, we're going to take it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. I was there. just going to say it's it's also um, putting relationship with them. Um, it's bumping it up on the list. And so building relationship with people, boy, it that's is. a door right there that you can walk through. It's easier than it's ever been. With social media, mm-hmm. it is easy. There's really now very little excuse. Um, for not doing that side of things. And mm-hmm. actually, if you guys want to just listen, a couple weeks ago we did a great interview on, on blogging and on, on connecting with people online. And wow, you know, it's very easy for us to do this now. And um, media people, I, I can't tell you how many guests I've gotten off of LinkedIn um, because I'll need a certain expert on a certain topic and I will just go and I will search LinkedIn until I find the person who has the right value structure, the right, you know, the right expertise and I will, will, will contact them and we'll invite them on the show. So just don't underestimate those, those social media sites as well. Stay there, get, get connected with the people that you need to know there, and don't worry that they don't see you all the time. That's okay. If they see you sometimes, that's awesome. Well, we're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about how to actually book your own interviews. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. Our guest today, Paula Fredrickson, is here talking with us about media, how to get booked, to share your story on TV, radio, and more. And you can learn more about Paula over at her website, pfministries.com. That's Paula Fredrickson, pfministries.com. Paula, let's go ahead and talk about how to book your own interviews. A lot of people believe that they have to hire a media representative, and of course there's Lots of those available to hire, and lots of them do a very good job. But if someone wants to bypass them, that let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have looked. I looked into a um, getting a publicist for, you know, when I went to um, pitch a season of Breakthrough, and it is expensive. And then I just started thinking, you know, no one is going to care about this project as much as me. And so, if you have the time to be able to invest in doing it yourself, by all means, you can do it. Anyone can do it who has um, the ability to write a great letter, communicate, you know, succinctly, and, and if you're passionate about your project. So, um, you know, when, when I would send out my pitch to a radio station, and you'll, it's so exciting because let's say you'll send out 20 one day, and you'll just get busy. You'll sit in your office, and you'll send out 20 emails, and the coolest thing is is when you get a response. <laughs> and then you have someone who says, Wow, your story sounds really interesting, Paula. We would love to book you on, you know, July 4th at 7 o'clock Central Time. Are you available? And so um, I learned that I needed a booking form because you think, oh, I'll keep it all straight. And um, you you really won't keep it all straight. And so I just made my own. And it's a press interview um, confirmation sheet. And Sometimes I will send it back to the radio station with all the information filled in, 
um, sometimes I just use it for my own records, but I always have one filled out for every single interview. And so just the few things on it are the media outlet, the date, the time, and I always put my time, which is Pacific, and then I always put their time, so you know wherever they're located in the United States or in Canada, the length of the interview. I've had interviews that were as short as five minutes, and I've had one interview that was as long as two hours. Obviously, there was a few breaks in there, but you know that matters. Mm-hmm. The yeah. topic, um, the book, the host. Very important to get the host name so you can address them and so that you know who you're talking to. Um, whether the show is going to call you or whether you are going to call the show. Really important information to have. You are not going to keep them all straight once you start booking interviews. And then you want to make sure that you have the station's number. Even if they're going to be calling you, get their number just as a backup. And, um, and that's all. That's all that I have. I mean, Marnie, you might have other things that you put on yours, but for me, that's just, the standard information that I follow. Do you have anything else that you do on yours? I think um, when you're talking about the, stand, the station number, and the one that you want is you want to have actually the direct number into the producer. The station number may, the station actually may be closed at the time of your interview, so you want to have the direct number into the actual studio. I get that. And then uh, someone, I was thinking someone might be like, wow, that's kind of pushy to ask for all that. Oh, believe me, if you're working with a publicist, they're going to have all of this done for you every single time. So if you're going to be your own publicist, mm-hmm. just go ahead and bite the bullet and do it. And the other thing, I, was, I, love, I love your um, the way that you brought this up. You said nobody's going to care about my book as much as I am. And I was thinking about the difference between a mom and a two-year-old and a daycare and a two-year-old, okay? Huh. Nobody is going to love and invest into that two-year-old the same way as mom. Mom will always invest more <laughs> than the daycare. Just simply logistics. They just can't. Um, they've got 10 kids or whatever. She's only got the one, her own precious baby. And it's so true that you can do a good job as your own publicist if you decide to. But just like the mom with the daycare or taking care of the two-year-old herself, if you're not going to pass it off to a publicist or to a daycare, you're going to have to do all that work yourself. It has to get done. Somebody's got to do it. And so I love that analogy. So cool. When it comes to time zones, this is critically important that you take responsibility to do your own time zones. And there's just, if you type into Google time zone calculator, you're going to come up with uh, systems online that easily do it. You just type in whatever time and zone that they tell you, and it will do the math for you, and it will tell you exactly what time that interview is going to be on. And I can't tell you how many guests have said, you know, well, I'm in Mountain or I'm in Eastern or whatever. What time would that be? And we can definitely do that for people. Mm-hmm. But it sure shows that you're a newbie if you can't even figure out what time zone you're in. You know, it's a really a professional touch if you can just figure that out yourself. So I just encourage you to just take the minute and type it into the Google calculator there and get your own time zone. Love that. Love that. Um, once you – go ahead. I was just going to say for longevity's sake, if you're, if you're wanting to enter into this arena, and I'm assuming that most people who are beginning their writing – and they're wanting to get booked, you're wanting longevity. And it's so important to be professional. And, you know, yes, just knowing your own time zone, knowing what, what, it, what the time zone is and what the difference is if you're doing an interview in New York and you live in California, it's such a simple thing. But basically, don't ask any question of the station that you cannot figure out yourself. If you can figure it out yourself, then you do it on your end. And so, it's not like you want to put on. That's not it at all. It's that you always want to be professional, and you really want to show them, I have credibility, and, and I'm an expert in this area that I'm offering to talk to you about. And so um, along those same lines of professionalism, when you book your own interviews, don't scoff at the 3 a.m. interviews. If you live in California, there is a very good chance that if you start pitching your your story to all the different stations, you're going to end up getting booked at 3 a.m. Trust me, it'll happen, (laughs) or 4 a.m. 
And, um, and I have done, I've probably done 10 interviews where it is literally the middle of the night and I don't say no to anything. All I have to do is remember what it felt like to be in the quagmire of chronic pain and painkiller addiction and the hopelessness I felt to, to get me up at 3 a.m. to share hope. And so that's how you think. Think about your story, what God is having you share. Think about how meaningful it's been to you, how important it is to you. And that's what will get you up at 3 a.m. And, you know, people say to me, well, did you go to bed after? Well, of course. I mean, it's like a 10 or 15-minute interview. I didn't stay up at 3 a.m. But after a while, I learned, like, don't drink coffee. So I would get a cup of coffee, and I would brew it, and I would Mm -hmm. smell it to just Mm -hmm. try and fake out my brain. Like, you're awake. You're awake. You are. (laughs) And um, and then, you know, it's like, come on. You can be engaging for 10 minutes in the middle of the night, especially if you're passionate. You just pray before, and you say, okay, Lord, you're going to have to work through me because I'm tired. But my, my advice is don't say no to any interview that you are able to to do because especially once you start getting booked on some national ones or or even like big city interviews you know I've, I've done some LA interviews that reached more than the national ones did and it's funny because once you start getting booked on bigger places it's easy to think well you know what I'd rather just do those from now on well yes we all would but it's that heart of faithfulness that says you know I will go and do an interview at the small town country station in the middle of of North Dakota. You know what I mean? Like I will do any interviews so that I can help even the one. Can't even. And I know you guys hear this a lot too, but you know, it really only does take one. It really only does take one person to have a ministry to somebody else. And you never know whether the one person listening today next moves to a major metro and, and works for a major metro radio show and is like, I totally have to bring that one guest I had. She was just awesome. And, you know, you don't know how God's going to move. And so I, I love the story of Joseph in the Bible who, you know, he just was in Potiphar's house as a slave. And what was he doing? He was doing his best. And he's in prison. And what was he doing? He was doing his best. And he mm. didn't have to have the position or the audience in order to be performing that full measure, dependent on God doing everything God put in front of him to do to his best of his ability. He just needed to be alive. That's all he needed. And and that's what we should do, too, instead of waiting for the big performance opportunity. Every day, every moment, we are performing for an audience of one, and his name is Jesus Christ. And as he has us share that outward then, share that ministry outward, through us, his ministry through us, then we have the opportunity to share with maybe one more or a million more or whatever it is. We're going to come right back and talk about how to give a great interview. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. We are flying through this hour on how to get booked to share your story on TV, radio, and more with Paula Fredrickson of pfministries.com. Right now we're going to talk about how to give a great interview. And if you want to understand how to give a great interview, just go back to the beginning of this program and listen again. And Paula is giving a great interview. So thank you, first of all, for your wonderful example here. But Paula, I'm going to pass it back to you and just have you share some of your tips and strategies with listeners. Uh, You know, I believe that the most important um, aspect of giving a great interview is to be authentic. Um, Yeah, you do want to be prepared. Preparation is, is a wonderful thing. And so on my desk before every interview, I, I have out notes about each of my topics that we're going to touch on. Um, for really big interviews, like national, I read my book again from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And you might think, right. well, you wrote it. How come you have uh, to <laughs> Because you forget. You just for- I've actually have been stuck a few times to have people refer to something in my book. It's rare for the interviewer to actually read your book, but they do occasionally do so. And I've had someone say, yeah, you know how you brought up the story of blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, what is she talking about? I, 
I don't recall. And I mean, the Lord has always saved me in those incidences, but I learned, Paula, read your book again. So I do that. So preparing in obvious ways and having your desk set up and having a quiet space and having a phone without bleeping, call waiting, and all of that is, those are important aspects. But nothing can replace being authentic. And you might think, well, yeah, but if I'm authentic, I'm going to say, um, and oh, and I'm going to stutter over my words, which, by the way, I've probably done 20 times just in this interview alone. I've stuttered over my words. I haven't said exactly what I've meant. I've had to backtrack. And yet, if I'm providing information that is of value to the listener, then they can, they can filter out all that. They, you don't need to be perfect. In fact, being authentic makes you more relatable and, and makes, makes people be able to receive from you easier because they're not like, well, yeah, she's got it all together and she's all perfect and I probably can't do it because, look, she's so professional and awesome. But see, I pointed out at the beginning of this interview, I'm not. I'm not awesome. I'm just human, just normal, just a girl. And so if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the whole point of your interview, to sort of impart hope to the listener that whatever you've received from God, whatever thing you've been able to conquer, they can too. So be authentic, be real, be prepared, but be yourself. I love it. And for those of you who have not gotten to the point where you wrote your book a little while ago and you've already forgotten part of it, that will happen to you at some point. <laughs> it's it's uh-huh. shocking, isn't it, Paula? When it first happens to you, it's like, was that actually in my book? <laughs> and, the, and then after that, you're like, yeah, I better really go through this again before I get on the air. It's funny, though, how much information. And, and people will read your book and love your book. And then they'll quote your book, but they'll assign the quote to somebody else. That'll happen, too. Don't worry about that. Our, our brains just can't capture every last thing and hold it perfectly, eternally. It's just not going to happen. We have to do review. I definitely um, have cheat sheets for my books. I have the main questions. I have pages. I have one media copy of my book that's right above my desk where I do most of my interviews so that when I'm doing that interview, I actually have a book above my desk that has uh, sections highlighted in there, sections that I really love to quote uh, during the Mm -hmm. interview. I have those flagged so that I can easily find those pages right during the interview and I can just say, well, you know, in this chapter I talk about this and let me just read you this little, you know, and very short, read a very short clip, but it gives people a chance to hear the tone of how you're writing uh, to let them know if you're a good match for what they're looking for in an author. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do, but it does take preparation and I love the point of authenticity, so critically important. Yeah, and then another aspect is not to oversell your book or your oh. ministry or your product or whatever you're being interviewed about. And you touched on that at the beginning um, of, this, of this interview today, um, Marnie, but it's really important. Um, you know what? Just don't say, well, in my book, well, in my book, well, in my book, you know, I mean, don't oversell. Certainly bring up your book. I've done so today. But um, you just don't want to oversell. You don't want it to sound more like an advertisement than an interview. And that's, oh gosh, I, I have actually flown across the country, done TV interviews, and they have forgotten to market my book on the interview. That has happened to me twice. And, it can, you know, it can be demoralizing. You're like, oh, my gosh, I just gave my heart and soul, and they didn't even tell anyone I had a book. It happens. But those times like that that I just go, okay, Lord, help people. It's not about me. It's not about right. me. It's not about me. But it seems like it's about <laughs> me, but it's not. <laughs> I love that. such, And it is really hard, isn't it? It's very difficult to just roll with what actually happens because we all have. I was thinking this morning I was working with somebody, and I, and I said, I said, if you lower your expectations, you will not endure so much stress with this. And it's so mm-hmm. true that we have really high expectations for interview results, for, you know, for sales, for uh, bookings, all that kind of thing. And if we just do our best with an open hand and let God pick the outcomes, and just I always say just do the next step. What does God want me to do now? Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's what I want to do. And I don't want to have it to be based always on the outcomes. I want it to be based on what God would have me to do now and be, have it based on obedience and passion within my heart to do 
now. Uh, so let's go ahead. Um, we have one more little thing here uh, before we're done with this hour, and I don't want to miss this. How, how do you follow up after an interview? The follow-up is very important. Um, it's important because as a Christian, you want to represent Christ well, and um, you want to be uh, well-mannered, <laughs> and you want to be grateful and thankful. So following up is important for those reasons. Follow-up is also important because you want to maintain a relationship with the person who booked you so that um, uh, after my um, – when I'm talking about my first book, The Man You Always Wanted – I did a whole set of interviews on my original hook, which was this inappropriate relationship with the pastor of my church. I then repitched that book a year later to all of the exact same media with a second hook, which was Lifelines for Valentine's. And it was like five strategies to make your marriage fruitful and happy, or I don't remember what it was. But I booked it all, all those same media again. And I was so glad that I had been grateful and happy and thankful the first time around, had done exactly what I was told to do, called exactly when I was supposed to call, followed their guidelines, because then when I went to pitch a second time, um, I was accepted. And so, you know, follow up each interview with, at the very least, a thank you email, or if it's a national interview, it's, you know, a thank you card, a gift can be appropriate, chocolates for the office or whatnot. And then another way to station that has had you on is to share a link to the interview. So today I shared that I was going to be on Marnie's show on my Facebook page and on my Twitter page, and I told my friends about it. And, um, and then just always making sure that you approach um, being asked to be interviewed on any kind of media with honor. Honor is, is so crucial. And it's not like, hey, pretend that you're honored to be on their show. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it is an honor for you to be asked by them to be on their show. It is an honor being extended to you. And, oh, my gosh, you should always keep that in mind. Don't ever forget that it is a great honor for you to have been asked. And so treat it like they are better than you because they are better than you. That's how your thought should always be about it. Thank God for these people who have asked me to be on and share my story. What an honor that I can come and be a part of this and that we can partner together for the cause of Christ. I love that. I think about um, when you talk about that, I think about Joni Erickson Tata, who um, a lot of people, a lot of like major people in ministry, like huge names that we'd all, all recognize, have stated publicly that she's probably the most humble person they've ever met. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she said is that early in her ministry, she decided that no matter where she went, she would identify the person who was in charge, the person who was responsible for that event, and she would submit mm -hmm. herself to them from the very first moment. Mm -hmm. And that made her so beautiful in their eyes because it's a rare thing. And so if we will just adapt ourselves to the leader that God has put us under in whatever situation we find ourselves, whether it's a media interview or a speaking engagement or whatever, uh, we will find that there's a blessing that comes along with that submission. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, Paula, if somebody goes over to uh, pfministries.com, what will they find there? Oh, well... <laughs> They'll find my bio and they'll find my picture. <laughs> they probably know all about me just from this interview. But basically my heart is what I love to do more than anything is speak at women's events, which is why I'm part of um, womenspeakers.com, your um, speakers bureau. But I love to speak at women's events and conferences and retreats. And that really is my passion, the heartbeat of my ministry. So that's what they'll find most of is just the topics and um, YouTube videos of past events and that kind of stuff. Oh, awesome. And you guys can find her over at pfministries.com. Her book links are over there as well, or you can find her books on Amazon. And mm -hmm. um, it, I, loved, I loved how you I – wish, I wish I would have counted, and I, I, but I loved how you actually modeled for our listeners today how to promote your books within an interview without actually promoting your books. You talked about your books multiple, multiple times, but every time in a completely appropriate 
and sentence, um, you know, it was what was needed in the sentence to make it work, you know. You weren't just pitching for the sake of pitching. You were actually answering the question, and you were providing good quality information. So I just appreciate so much that you could be here with us today, and I just encourage you guys to go check out pfministries.com. Thanks so much, Paula. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. And thanks, everybody, for being here. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.